Hello, I am Dr. Michelle Hamilton, the Director of Student Services and Safety with the Natomas Unified School District. And hello, I'm Jill Adams, one of the social work liaisons with Natomas Unified. Um, today we're going to be continuing our series on trauma-informed practices. And today's podcast, we will specifically focus on relationship building and social interactions. And one of the things that we know is that protective, positive protective adult relationships foster a safe supportive learning environment and they also help kids not engage in risky behavior and they also what we have seen is that we see an improvement in students behavior as well as their academic performance. We also know that children exposed to trauma or adverse life experiences may have difficulty building relationships and while exposure to trauma can really have a kid really seeking safety physical and emotional um, down the road some of these um, maladaptive behaviors can really impede interpersonal relationships. And Jill, given that we are in COVID in our current times, what would be some of the indicators that parents or adults could look for in their children? So I think that it's it's really just any changes. So changes in behavior, um, changes in eating or sleeping patterns. It could be nightmares. It could be, you know, if you have a child who's talkative and they become very quiet, or if they're a very quiet kid and they kind of seem irritable or agitated, um, or it could look like you know, a student or a child isolating. Any of these changes could indicate a problem. And what should they do in terms of changes? I know one of the things that I think about is when I see changes in my um, students' behavior or my children's behavior, I automatically um, want to go back to kind of our, our safety and our trust, right? So I really want to focus on the relationship that we've already built. I want to be consistent with them. I want to um, be very honest, um, go to them and say, you know, I, I'm realizing or I noticed that your behavior seems a little different. Is there anything that we can talk about? And building empathy as well. Is there anything else I could do to help? Um, you know, sometimes just sending, you know, just saying, listen, I care about you and you know, invite them to, to talk and, and share their feelings if they feel comfortable, or just giving them a safe space to just be. Um, sometimes that could be enough. Um, the other thing that I would recommend is to seek um, consultation with other adults that can help. So is there somewhere that uh, parents can go in the district if they're noticing some of these changes in their child's behavior? Um, yes, we have social-emotional supports available at every one of our Natomas Unified School sites. Um, we have mental health teams that are comprised of uh, social workers. We have school psychologists. Um, we have interns that are placed with us through um, CSUS Sacramento. Um, so you could even start with, you know, your child's teacher. Reaching out to them, they can be very helpful in connecting you with one of those resources. And would you agree that maybe the most important thing is to... Um, not ignore the signs. I know sometimes adults may um, see certain things in children and say, oh, it's, it'll be okay. Would you agree that it's probably the best to act on that and to not just, you know, think that things will automatically get better? I absolutely do. Um, I think that, you know, seeking resources and seeking help is just sort of a good check and balance. You know, sometimes it can just be a discussion um, and, and there might be supports that you can put, put in place at home. 
Um, but I agree. I, I don't think it's good to ignore um, any changes in behavior because oftentimes it gets worse. And I would think if um, if I had a hard time speaking to a young person and they maybe had a relationship with someone else, I would definitely tap into that relationship because I think at the end of the day, we just want students and young people to connect with people that they feel comfortable with. So if that might not be the parent, it can be an aunt, it can be a grandmother, it can be a neighbor, just someone who they feel that they have, um, they can trust trust and be honest with and really be able to explain what's going on. And it may not be, it might not be anything going on with them. They may just want someone to talk to or maybe feeling, you know, lonely or just uncertain given that we, in the times that we're in right now. I, I absolutely think that. I mean, I think that there's a lot of natural supports within our community. Um, and sometimes that's at a school. Sometimes it's at a faith-based organization. Um, it could be, could be anywhere for students. Extended family, absolutely. And I think the the one thing we do want to just reiterate is like the positive relationships, right? Mm-hmm. That they don't have to be, you know, above and you don't have to go, you know, do these extraordinary, like I, if I don't take my student to this, to Disneyland, then I'm not going to have a relationship with them. It really is about spending time with them, um, doing some active listening, um, you know, looking them in their eyes when you're talking to them, just giving them a space to really, you know, be their true authentic self and accepting, you know, whatever that information is that they give you. Absolutely. Um, I think it's not quantity of time, it's quality, right? And sometimes it's just the really simple things that um, parents often intuitively know. Um, I think it's just stopping and listening to what kids are telling us through either words or behavior, you know, or affect. The second part of our podcast is dealing with social interactions. And we know that students are coming off of an 18-month isolation from each other. So one of the things that we really want to encourage is to just have them out in the community socializing as safely as possible with other folks. And that could be joining clubs. That could be playing sports. Um, We know a lot of the sports teams are having young people interact in a very safe and conscious way, exploring hobbies if there's something that maybe your student or child has been wanting to explore for a while, this would be an opportunity to do that. And then also community activities. And, you know, sometimes I think we over or underestimate the power of just spending quality time together. I know when my students are feeling or my children are feeling um, like a little disconnected or not feeling, you know, their best, you know, just spending some quality time, whether it's like taking a walk in the park, going out to eat, just talking and just spending that time um, uninterrupted to really be able to hear, you know, what's going on with them. Jill, what do you think? Do you have any other suggestions that would, you know, help folks in terms of, you know, guiding their students to social interactions? Right. Yeah. Yes. I think that um, supporting kids can be just helping them to develop healthier coping strategies. It can be, you know, validating feelings, letting them know that feelings are okay, allowing, you know, if, if a child is sad, allowing them some space to be sad and, and validating that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's, it's okay to cry. Also, um, providing um, safety and consistency is really important. So those routines, you know, if, if you say, I'm going to be there, make sure that you are there so that 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 child learns that there is consistency and routine in their life. Also, just some of the self-care activities that I think can really be helpful, Um, getting good exercise, you know, getting good rest. Um, Some of those self-soothing activities could be just, you know, drawing or talking or journaling or, um, you know, taking a walk in the evening, you know, going to a park, those kinds of things I think can all be really helpful. And 
the other thing I want to mention too is we're we're our focus is on students and young people, but we also want you know the adults as well to take care of yourself. So we want to make sure that you have positive relationships, that you're connecting with people in a good way, and that you're you know exploring your feelings and having time to just debrief and you know reflect on how things are going because we always hear about you know the caregiver taking care of the patient and the patient does well and then the caregiver gets sick and so as caregivers of our young people we want to you know just wish you that you take care of yourself as well because that's very important the students have gone through a lot the young people have gone through a lot but also adults we've been through a lot as well so it's important to not overlook you know some of the trauma or just some of the ways that you may need to be nourished and your soul may need to be fed you know just so that you can be good for the young people Well, that concludes our podcast today. We hope that you enjoyed the information we shared um, dealing with relationship building and social interactions. And in the end, we just want you to take care of yourself and the young people. And take care and we'll see you soon. This podcast is a production of the Natomas Unified School District. You can find our podcast online in the Apple Store, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the Natomas Unified School District website at www.natomasunified.org. You can also locate our episodes on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Natomas Unified.